Good morning, everyone. Uh, we are so glad that we can be here together. But we also remember some of our friends who have been down with some sickness this week. So we will remember them in our prayers. But more, most important of all is that we really seek and desire for God to speak personally to us. And I pray that this word of God is not my message, but it's the message from his heart to your heart. And this morning, we will see that um, the title of the sermon is Second Fiddle. If you know in an orchestra, you know, it's not only one sound, but they have harmony. So there is uh, the one that is in soprano, there is alto, tenor, and bass. So it's a harmony. And second fiddle means somebody who is accompanying. So the second voice is not the one that is very loud to be the number one, but second fiddle is the one that is under, the one that is more, uh, sorry, the one that is less important in a way. It becomes a figurative language of being less important, the second position, not number one position. Now in this thing, not many of us really want this place. Everyone wants to be number one. They want to be heard. They want to be at the top of it, of everything. Because that's the one that is, oh yeah, yeah, receiving all the praise. But in the kingdom of God, cannot everyone be on the top, right? In the kingdom, there are many different places. And in God's kingdom, God has put everyone in its own place, just like your body. Not everything, every organ are eyes. But we are different, and we are being put in different places. So the purpose of the word this morning is that we, we will be strong in conquering self-ambition. Because this is the main theme in this year, in the main church, is that the church of God will be strong. And even the hardest thing to be strong, to conquer is our own self. What I want, what I desire. So my will, my goal, my ambition, sometimes, more, most of the time, we make that as the number one. And God said, we have to deny ourselves. And let's read first in James 3, 14 to 16. And I invite you all to stand up with me and read these verses together. James 3, 14 until 16. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and be false to the truth. 
This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Amen. Please be seated. So in James, two things are being compared. Wisdom from above and wisdom from below, from the earth. The wisdom from above is pure. Willing to submit. That's from above. But the wisdom that is coming from the earth, it says, if you have bitter jealousy, envying, why you get a better portion than me? Now, just yesterday, I was speaking to a group of prayer intercessor from our church. And I told them, we really appreciate their ministry. Why? Because their ministry is behind the curtain. Nobody sees. Nobody knows that uh, A, B, C, this person and that person has been praying with their hearts, with their time for the church. Sometimes they are unknown. But without these people who have been laboring in their prayers, and many of them are very simple people. Even most of them are women, women, and they are so simple. But I believe in their simplicity when they pray to God, when they pray with their hearts, you can feel it personally. When I preach in one church, even in our local church, we have different locations. When we preach in one location with the other location, it can be so different. Depends on the atmosphere. And that atmosphere depends a lot on the prayers that's being offered up to God in that place. The more prayers being offered up, the more that place is like an open heaven. And it's easier for us to bring the word of God because that place has been saturated with prayer. So those are people that are serving God but being unknown. But here we are being warned, be careful of being jealous, envy. Uh, this is true that sometimes in the church we do have, you know, one person say, if that person come to the cell, to the small group, I will not come, right? Because there is some friction and they say, okay, if that person comes, I'll just leave. Or if that person goes up to the stage and minister, I will not come to the church. It happened. Those things happen, but it should not be like that. Because as the body of Christ, there should not be jealousy and selfish ambition in our hearts. In your hearts, it means nobody knows, nobody sees, but God 
knows. Even though it's unspoken and it's in our hearts, it's the spirit that we carry. So be careful. We have to remove all this envy spirit, selfish ambition, because it says it's demonic. And where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile, every evil practice. Now we have to understand that the church is the place where God is repairing, where God is mending our hearts. So not everyone who come to the church are perfect, right? Because when we come to the church, we ask, God, please help me. I'm a sinner. I need your help to release me from all these bondages. So we expect the church to have imperfect people. But there should not be jealousy and selfish ambition. Now this will, you know, coming back to the second fiddle. Everyone wants to be number one. But the person who knows the place and the function, even though it's in number two or number three, wherever the place, however small it is, when that place is being functioning, it contributes to the whole unit. Just look at your body, the smallest organ in your body. Maybe just say your eye. Your eye is small, but it's very important that even a dust coming into your eye, you try to get it out. So the same thing applies to us. Wherever God puts you, and I believe you cannot choose what family you are being born into. So that's where the place where God has put you in. So we will see at the life of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, as we will see, his life is very short. He was born six months before our Lord Jesus, but he was killed before Jesus was being killed. So he was very young, maybe about 30-something, not more than 33. His life was short and young, but he knows something. Even though he has to be playing the second fiddle, he doesn't mind at all because he knows his place. So let's look at his life. Number one, he knows the source of his life. In John 1 verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. So number one, we need to know the source that we come into being not just because our parents get married and then we were born in that family. That's not just haphazard. It's not just coincidence. But when you read into Psalm 139, God knows you 
before you were being woven in the womb. You know your DNA is like woven. God knows even before you were being created in the womb. So God knows the timing why you are being born into this generation. Why you are being in this age, at this age. Maybe some of you are still in school. Some of you already uh, become parents. God knows. And if you realize that we come from God, that means we carry a purpose in our lives. So your purpose is not just to become rich, to make all my family uh, have all their needs provided, and that's it. God has a higher purpose in your life. It's not just for day-to-day -day life. But wherever you are, maybe you are a banker. Maybe you are just a homemaker, wives at home. Wherever you are, when you realize you come from God, and you will come back to God and give an account of everything that you have been doing, of every resources that God has given into your life, and what have you been doing with it also. We all are stewards of what God has put into our lives. And I, I, I went to an undergraduate school that really emphasized that we should listen to God. And even when we have to do outreach, short-term mission trip, they will ask every student, you have to pray. Because sometimes we go to places where there are wars, where it's a high-risk place. You never know what's going to happen there, right? So you have to know through your personal conviction, are you supposed to go there or not? And if God wants you to go there, then God will provide all the means. So sometimes, you know, there are many, many, many stories of our short-term mission. Before they go, you know, maybe one student feel that I already prayed and I'm so convinced God wants me to go there. But they don't have the money. They don't have the money to buy the airfare. But because they are convinced with the will of God, so they go to the airport. But God works through different many ways. On the last minute, it just came about the funds that were needed and that student was able to fly. So all those things we learn through experience. <laughs> it's also, you know, listening to God is also learning skill, learning to have faith. 
learning to understand what God is saying through the Word. So we need to understand that when we come from God, we come with a mission. And when you go back to God, you will be asked, is your mission accomplished or not? And nobody knows the lifespan, our lifespan, we don't know, right? So we better do not delay, but do what God sent you for promptly. Because time keeps running. And John knows very well that he was sent from God. Maybe he also heard the story from his parents, how he was being conceived by his parents who was already being old and an angel of God appeared to his father who was serving as a priest. And the angel said, you should name him John. So he knew very well that his life was being prepared by God. And I believe it's not only John, but it applies to every one of us. If only we are willing to go and surrender our life to God, to go and align our lives, our purpose with God's purposes. And number two, after understanding where we come from, number two is very important that we need to have the revelation. John 1 verse 15, John bore witness about him, about Jesus, and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. Now, if you understand this, John understood that Jesus was from eternity. Right? He was before me. So how can he understand all this thing? That Jesus was before John. And in fact, John was older than Jesus. So John understood about God coming down, becoming man, becoming like us. And he understood that Jesus was way, in other places, say, he who comes from above is higher than he who comes from the earth. So he understood that Jesus is the son of God that came down to become man. So this understanding really explained to him what is his life mission? Once you know that you are from God, number two, you have to know what is the mission of my life? What do I have to do? And this revelation that John got comes from time alone with God. 
Now we read that John, after he grew up, he was in the wilderness and he ate locust and wild honey. So he was in a solitude. He was seeking God. He was dedicating his whole life to God. So before he appeared to the public, he was in the wilderness. And during those times alone with God, he received all this revelation that he got. He knew that he was to serve Jesus is not only his cousin, but Jesus is the Son of God. Now, it's hard to believe when you have a cousin and you have to believe that your cousin is a son of God. Right? You will say, well, this is my cousin. But because of this personal revelation, John's eyes was open. This is not just my cousin, but he is the son of God. And the second thing we read in John 1, 33, John said, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. When John here, he says, I myself did not know him. You know, probably John have heard from his mother, Elizabeth. The story about Mary, Elizabeth's cousin, being visited by an angel also. And have bore children, but being a virgin. Now, this is um, something beyond their understanding. So I, I, I suppose John might have heard that story from his mother, Elizabeth. But because growing up, Jesus was growing up in Nazareth. So it's a different place. So growing up, they may not see each other and John was in the wilderness. So John said, I myself did not know him. Maybe after they were growing up until 30 years old, they never met each other. You know, when you have cousins but you never really hang out together, you may not recognize them, right? Because you don't hang out together. But here, you know, John, because of the revelation coming from the time he spent alone with God, God gave him specific instructions. Exactly. He said, when you have to go and you baptize people in the water. And he said, he who sent me to baptize with water. So John knew. And at the time, he was, he was the one who came out to the public and telling people, you have to be baptized to receive, you have to repent and receive forgiveness of your sins. There was a minority group called the Essence that were doing baptism. But these were minority group. 
But John was declaring to, to the public, you have to be baptized in the water. So, proclaiming something new, but John already knew, this is my mission from God. God sent me to baptize with water. But there is someone else who will baptize with spirit. And then he says, God who gave me instruction to baptize, he said, when you see the person being baptized and the Holy Spirit descending and remained on him, this is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you imagine a bird coming, a dove coming on you, but then you keep moving, you are walking, and then the dove will not keep remaining on you. You know, in other words, it's hard to keep a bird, to keep a dove to remain on you, right? It's hard. But Jesus, this was something different, something special. Because nothing like this has ever been before. And John witnessed that after he baptized Jesus, the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descending like a dove and remained on Jesus. Now, because of that sign, and this is the best part about it, John knew the sign before it happened. So he already knew that this is going to be the sign. And when you see that happen, that's the one that will baptize with the Spirit. And because of that, he was boldly proclaiming that this Jesus is the Son of God. Now, this is when I when I meditate upon this, you know, I I really find this to be very wonderful. If you know what will happen in your life beforehand, you will do this, and this will happen, and this will happen. And when you heard it, when you got it from God, you will do this in your life, and after that, this will happen, this will happen. The problem is, not many of us having those instructions, right, from God. But God wants to give those instructions to whom, to whomever seek Him wholeheartedly. I believe it's not the fault is not on God's part, but many times it's us who don't give enough time to listen to God, who don't give enough time to seek God. What do you want me to do with my life? Please tell me, Lord, what am I to do? 
when I was uh, in my senior high, I was really spending time, I'm sorry, I was really spending time to find out what God wants me to do after high school. So I went to the Ungaran, they have the uh, prayer place, Bukit Doa. I went there, spent some time there, seeking for God, what should I do? What school should I take? And seeking Him for a few days. Finally, I felt God is telling me that I have to be full-time minister. And I said, oh no, Lord. Because I could not speak. During my school years from elementary to high school, I cannot speak. I tried even, doesn't need to be in front, just sitting. And the teacher asked me, please read this passage. And I will be like struggling and not one word coming out from my mouth. So when God told me, okay, this is what I want you to do. And I say, oh no. <laughs> but you need to have that conviction in your heart to finally be able to, okay, Lord, I will take the step. That's why, especially for you um, uh, young people, it's time, you know, in your youth, you have to seek the Lord. Very important. You have to seek His will. Of course, we can choose on our own. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. But we can also say to God, Lord, I don't want to choose my own will. But Lord, please let me know what you want to do with my life. I want to give you your, my life to you. And believe me, because I've been trying to escape from the call of God in my life. Many years I've tried to ignore and escape. But believe me, when you are trying to do your own thing, you will never be satisfied. Never. Outside of the will of God, outside of the design of God that He has put in your life, you will not be satisfied. You can be a successful person, but outside the will of God, there is deep down in your heart longing. Oh, there is something that I should do. I don't know. My life is not being satisfied. So please, spend time. Seek His will. Just like John, he spent time in the wilderness. And number three, because of that, spending time with God, he knows his identity. Let me read from John 1, verse 19. And this is a testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? Because he was dressed like Elijah. He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? 
And he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Because he spent time alone with God, John received his identity. And it's very important you receive your identity from God. Because you come from God, you are being sent from God. Your identity is not from men. Your identity is not from your parents. You have to be a doctor, you have to be this. That's a function. But your identity, who you are, and John, out of his time with God, he knew out of all the scriptures in the Old Testament at that time, they already had the Old Testament. Out of all the scriptures in the Old Testament, he knew that he was the voice that is being told about by prophet Isaiah. Isn't this amazing when you know who you are? And you need to know who you are in Christ. When you know who you are, you don't need to be someone else. Remember the parable about the talents. One is being given five, one is three, one is one. God does not require the person who receives one talent to be accountable to be like the one who receives five. When you are being given one, God will ask you about the one. In other words, it says, we have our own calling. We have our own function and purpose. And you have to fulfill that place. And God will ask you, what have you done? It's nice, right? You are not being required to be accountable for five talents, just like the person who has a lot of talents. But God will require you, what have you done with your family? What have you done with your resources that I put in your head? What have you done with your work? There is a testimony of a banker. He was a banker, but he knows his calling. So every day he will start his day with praying. And he would ask God, God, whom would you like me to meet today? So in doing that, even though he was working in a bank, God will show him people and person whom he needs to talk to. And one day he talked to one of the customers that he felt he needs to talk. And he said, your wife is this and this and this. He was, she was sick, right? And so 
all this message he got from God, and he he sp- spoke those messages to this customer. And the customer who came to the bank was like, and in that bank, you know, that customer is being ministered. So they prayed for his wife. So all those things, very simple, but you have to know what you are being called to. Maybe you go to the market. Maybe you go, ladies, you go to the salon. Wherever you are, ask the Lord, Lord, what is my mission today? What should I do? What should I fulfill today? And above everything, you have to know your identity. Because when you have your identity from God, no matter what people speak against you, it doesn't matter. Because you know what God speaks about you. You can be as awesome as Moses. And Moses have many people spoke against him. You can be as awesome as Jesus. And Jesus had many enemies. So you need to have secure identity in God. Because you will find in this world, not everyone will be supporting you. But you have to know your identity from the Father. You need to have approval from the Father in heaven. So everyone of us, we receive our own mission. Now we will read in John 3 what happened that time. That Jesus was also baptizing with his disciples. And John was baptizing in another place with his disciples. So there are two locations. And it happened that many people, many more people coming to Jesus to be baptized in the water by Jesus' disciples. So this is what we read in chapter 3, verse 26. And they came to John and said to him, the disciples of John came and said, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. So there is an occasion to be jealous. There is an occasion to be envy. And verse 27, John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless It is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase but I must decrease. When you know your identity with God, you will not be jealous of someone else's success. You will not envy 
their story of success. And John understood, verse 27 is very important. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. Even your promotion doesn't come from east or west or south or north. Promotion comes from the Lord. So if you want to be promoted, seek the Lord. If you want to receive anything, seek from heaven. Do not seek from anywhere else. And in verse 30, he said, Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. So John knew that his ministry will be short time. Some people, they have ministry. We seen Benny Hinn, Maurice Cerullo. They have ministry like, you know, Billy Graham. 50 years of ministry. But that's, it doesn't apply to everyone. It may not apply to us. John knew his ministry is very short. And he knew that's why Jesus must increase, I must decrease. And we see this is the, the time during the end of his life, what happened in Matthew 11, verse 2. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, said to Jesus, Are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? Wow. You know what happened? When at this time he was already in prison because he spoke the truth. You know, when I think about it, when we already, you know, finish with our time here on the earth, you cannot speak, you cannot bring God's message anymore, right? I remember all those pastors who have gone to be with the Lord in heaven. They won't be preaching up there. No, they will be praising God. So when we are here on the earth, whatever God sent you to speak, you have to do it. And because the message of the truth that John spoke to the king, he was imprisoned and he lost his life. Because of the message that he spoke. So number four, when you know where you are from, when you know your identity, when you already got the revelation from God, you have to fight for your faith. You have to persevere just like Jeremiah. Jeremiah the prophet, at the end of his life, he was being exiled. He was like, Oh no, his life was no good at all. But God says, you need to keep the faith. You need to keep the faith until you can say, I have fight the good fight. 
And John was asking, is Jesus is the Christ or should we look for someone else? So at this point, at the end of his life, John need to fight for his faith. When you already know your life mission, it doesn't come easy, but there's a price that we have to pay. When it comes from God, it doesn't mean that we will have free way, no trouble, nothing you know, will challenge us. No. Moses got his call from God. But all along the journey, every movement, he was being opposed by the people. But when you know your identity, when you know your mission, you have to fight. So let's have the musicians to come forward. And let's prepare our hearts that God will meet with us personally at this time. All that I am, all that I need. Let's all stand up together. And I believe God wants to use every one of you to be his great instrument in his life. So he asks you, will you give your life to fulfill the mission that I have for your life? 